This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. You are on the block with 93.7 The Ticket. Welcome in to Hour 2 of the show. I'm Austin Strick, uh, world traveler Eric Strickland, not with the show today. Should be back tomorrow, haven't heard otherwise. He'll be but back. We got the shootout legend himself, Rico. In what the can I say? I'm undefeated. One for one. Nobody can tell me anything. I'm the best. I'm the best. They wrote you off. You went right back. I know. They said I was going to go 5-5 five and five or 7-6, and six, but look at me now, my national champion. Can we talk about how ridiculous back to, that is for Back to back. Smith? You guys thought I'd be 5-5, five and five, but I'm back-to-back back national champion. Like, G- Georgia, shut up. I don't know <laughs> seven who— 7-5 against the spread, maybe, but 7-5 and five straight up? Come I don't on, know Come who on. told any of these players that they were going to go 7-5. and five, Probably that, Kirby. That person is a lot. If Kirby Smart gaslit this team <laughs> into thinking they would be 7-5, and five, he's the best gaslighter I've ever heard of because there is no way in hell— Anybody, they were preseason top five. I think they were preseason number three or something. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell anybody thought this team would not be in the college football playoff. You can use, you know, being ranked number three in the preseason as motivation if you're a Georgia. Hey, we just won last year. Hey, look what we have back. We got guys back. Yep. But it was not, this is not a more talented team than last year. This is, this is a better, they had an easier schedule. <laughs> And it gets easier next year too. <laughs> last year's That's team, crazy to think last about. year's team was stacked. This year has amazing players, amazing you know, mm-hmm. a ton of five stars, four stars, and guys that have been built up to be really good players. And I said it before, and I'll say it like their worst player on their starting roster out of the starting uh, twenty-two, the worst player technically <laughs> is their quarterback. Yeah, and he's. Yeah. Pretty clearly going to be going to be looked at as one of the better quarterbacks in college football lore, I guess you could say. I don't I don't know if he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football history, but one he's going to story is going to be looked back and it's just like, look, he's one of I don't know in the in the past twenty ish years, one of four quarterbacks to go back to back. Well, twenty plus because you're counting Tommy Frazier also. Right. So thirty years, he's one of four quarterbacks to go back to back. But doesn't happen. No. Georgia this year is not better than that 95 Nebraska team. They no. had a better championship performance, though. 65-7. to seven. You can't tell me there's been a better championship game performance in college football. No, I cannot. Although Miami-Nebraska in 2002, it was played in 2002. It was January yeah, 2002, 2001 season. The 2001 season. Yeah. They called the dogs off. They did. They could have put up. A lot more points. But just like Georgia, they had NFL dudes behind NFL dudes. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, in, in, in terms of performance, in terms of points scored and points allowed, this is the, the best performance in a national championship game that I've ever witnessed. Unfortunately, this isn't really something that I, that I wanted to see. I wanted a close game. I wanted a, I wanted a game that, you know, we'll remember this game for years for 
bad reasons for TCU being destroyed. (laughs) Whereas, you know, you remember the Clemson Alabama game because it's, it's Clemson ran a pick play at the, in the, (laughs) in the red zone to get Hunter Renfro a touchdown in the back of the end zone. You remember Tua Tungavailoa coming in for Jalen Hurts and tossing the game winning touchdown to Devontae Smith, Devonta Smith before he was even a household name uh, and won a Heisman. uh, Mm -hmm. And, and that started the Tua legacy at Alabama. Like those are the reasons you remember those games. And this one is going to be, dude, Georgia just just took TCU, threw them out the club, closed the door, locked in, was just like, uh-uh, you're not allowed back in here. That's, that's not going to happen. Never again. Jay Foreman's letting the champ of the Big 12 in the playoff because exactly. he has to, not because he wants to. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, you had to come in here, and now we're going to send you out because you're not supposed to be here right now. You know where you are supposed to be for, for lunch or supper? Mary Ellen's. Yes. Huge shout-out to Charles and the crew for sponsoring Love on you, Charles. the block. Good stuff. We talked about our favorite stuff at the top of the show. You're the ribs guy. You've tried the big wings. I'm a brisket ribs. guy. I'm a big mac and cheese guy, though. Oh, the mac and cheese I like what they're doing there. Also. Have you had the, have well. you had the collard greens? I have not had the collard greens. I'm Anything not a fan. Anything that is a plant, see, I tend to be averse to eating. See, same. I had them. They're really good. Okay. I, I don't think I'll have a massive you know plate to myself, mm-hmm. but I'll put it on there as a side, and it's good. It's good. It's good eating. What I'm learning is that I have to get uh, ribs, wings, and collard greens next time I go. Yeah, I stick right. to the brick, brisket and mac and cheese because mm-hmm. that's what I know. It's and get I some like. beans also. And beans too? Just throw, oh, you boy. know what? Just okay. get all of it. Just get all of it. Sure. Ribs, brisket, wings, mac and cheese, beans, collard greens, cornbread. He makes some delicious desserts. At least that's what I've been told. I have not <laughs> tried them yet. I would love to try more desserts at those places, but the main courses are so good, I eat I too much of them. I just, I just want How are we supposed to get to dessert? The fried chicken's also delicious. Room? I just want to. I, I just want a whole. I want Charles to make me a whole rack of ribs, and I could just, just that's for me. Like that's all I want. Just sure. for me, though. I'm not going to share with anybody, so yeah. don't come asking for any. I'm gonna eat all of it myself because it's delicious. One day. One day. One day, I will get a whole rack of ribs from Charles, and I will be the happiest boy on in the, on the planet. Uh, we go to uh, the Sarder Heyman text line here. Uh, Kelsey, Mississippi Mud Dog, says, Whoa, 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 new guy. My name is Austin. His name is Austin. I'm still new, but you're I gonna, have a name. You're going to be called new guy for a while. Yeah, I expect That's that. just kind of how it works. Anyways, uh, they say Florida in 1995 was a better team than this TCU squad, and Nebraska won 62-24, and it could have been worse. Okay, first of all, I wasn't around for it. I, I'm not old enough to know I that. I was I will, two. I'll take for sure that Florida was better, at least relative to the era, yeah. than this TCU team. I believe that. That game was kind of close in the first half, though. Nebraska pulled away in the second half. Go back and look at the box score, how that breaks down. Mm-hmm. Florida was hanging around in the first half. Nebraska really flexed in the second half. And obviously, the uh, the lasting image of that is the Tommy Frazier run through mm-hmm. everybody. Again, 95 Nebraska was by far the more dominant team in the regular season. Even against, you know, Georgia's weak schedule, Missouri almost got him. Kentucky almost got him. Tennessee being a two-touchdown game was impressive at the time, but that wasn't Georgia at its absolute best, especially offensively, given the number of points that TCU put up. So I still will give Georgia the nod for the national championship game only. Yes. But obviously 95 Nebraska. Their performance in that one game has got to be the most dominant performance in a national championship game anybody has ever witnessed. Uh, Ryan from Nashville says, uh, stop hating on Bennett. He's a baller. We're not hating on him. 
We're hating on the rankings, saying that he was the lowest-ranked guy. His own coaches were his biggest haters. We totally understand that Stetson Bennett's a good yeah. quarterback. I'm Don't get that about, twisted. Yeah, I'm no, bad if we, we I'm talking about I'm – not, I'm not dogging him. I'm just saying I'm talking about if you're looking at high school recruiting rankings, he is clearly the lowest-rated, the worst, quote-unquote, player mm-hmm. on that, that starting 22. Mm-hmm. And he is the best player on that team. <laughs> Before the semifinals, I said he was better than C.J. Stroud. As a college quarterback, mm-hmm. as a pro prospect, C.J. Stroud will be better. C.J. Stroud. Stroud is more talented. C.J. Stroud, and I say it. Look, I say this just to mess with Nick. It's in a joking manner, but also there's a little bit of seriousness to it. C.J. Stroud never won a Big Ten title, didn't win a Heisman. Didn't beat Michigan. Never beat Michigan. He is a fantastic college quarterback. Don't get that twisted. Mm-hmm. He is amazing and will be a – if – Teams that need quarterbacks are smart and are in the top five. He will be a top five pick. He'll be a top ten pick, mm-hmm. easy, because there's gonna be there's enough teams that need quarterbacks. Let's stop him at pick. top four. Yeah. <laughs> How about that, Indianapolis? Chris Ballard, if you're still around and listening, stop it at top four. You would you would hope so. Um, but he's he's easily the second best. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft class. Um, but in terms of Winning meaningful games at the collegiate ranks. Hasn't done it. He didn't do it. Mm-mm. He didn't even He didn't win a playoff game. He beat Utah in the Rose Bowl. That's his best collegiate win. And if Cam Rising doesn't get hurt, I still think I still believe Utah wins that game. Not this Probably. last one. Not no. this last one against Penn State. No. Against Ohio State, I still think Cam Rising and, and that Utah team beats Ohio State if he doesn't get hurt. Probably fair. Also, shout out to uh, Brian and Cornhusk, SF27, listening on YouTube. Well, we're going to stick in the Big Ten here this segment, specifically the West and all the changes going on. We know what's happened here in Lincoln with Matt Rule, the staff additions, the guys who were in and the guys who were out from the team. What else is going on in a division that is really in flex, Rico? We'll, we'll work from... Uh, last year's standings go from the top down. Mm-hmm. These top two teams, I think, are good to talk about back-to-back because of how the changes affect them. Jeff Brom's gone from Purdue. Mm-hmm. He's coaching Louisville. It was only a matter of time. It officially happened this offseason. Not only is Jeff Brom departing, so is Aiden O'Connell, the 18th-year college quarterback. Finally. Yeah, he was around forever. Good college quarterback. Don't know if he gets an NFL look for anything more than a backup job. He's a smart enough guy. I'm sure he could be around. Mm-hmm. But that was those two guys were that program, especially last season. Yeah, I know Charlie Jones, this and that. But Aiden O'Connell was the heart and soul of that program. So, Jeff Brom got Purdue back to respect after how bad that program was <laughs> yeah. in the early days of the Big Ten West. So quick question. I'm sorry to get it off topic. Does Nebraska have any guys that Big Ten teams look at and they're like, oh, that guy's finally gone? Because that's something that we've mentioned in the Big Ten is to get old and stay old. Mm-hmm. And, like, we look at all these teams and we're like, oh, this guy's been at Purdue, at Wisconsin, at Iowa, at, at Minnesota mm-hmm. for so long. Like, oh, my gosh, they're here for their 20th year in college. Does Nebraska have anybody like that that Big Ten teams look at and they're like, oh, wow, this guy's on his 17th year. Like, finally, he's going to leave. I would say no. The closest I think you get to that is Garrett Nelson, but I don't think that counts. I don't think so. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, it's people that were either annoyingly good or actually really good. Henrich might turn into one of those. He has two years left. That's what I'm saying. He might turn. So into does Reimer, technically. Yeah, I could see those two guys in a couple years. Okay. I'm a little surprised Quentin Newsom's back. I don't think he's one of those guys. He say, "Oh, he's been there forever." Mm-hmm. But 
again, after this season, I'm sure some people say, oh, he was, you know, projected as maybe a draft pick or at least a free agent guy. Oh, he's back. But no, no one to that Aiden O'Connell level, that Tanner Morgan, Tanner Morgan level. Muhammad Ibrahim. Right. No one to that level at all. Randy says Braxton Clark, but he's not that good. <laughs> Braxton Clark, I believe a couple years ago before he got hurt, was in line to be the second corner. But then he got hurt. Yeah. And then just hasn't. And then if been he doesn't fall down in the back of the end zone against Wisconsin, Nebraska oh. wins that game. <laughs> you seem upset. <laughs> so upset. Not that it would have mattered, Nebraska still doesn't go to a bowl game, but yeah. imagine back to back weeks you pick off Wisconsin, Iowa. That would have been fun. You dominated that first half. Should have won that game. Should have won that game. Oh, well. Anyways, Purdue and Illinois. Jeff Brom gone, Aiden O'Connell gone. Mm-hmm. The guy they bring in is head coach. Ryan Walters, Illinois' defensive coordinator. Illinois had a good defense. Curious to see how that plays out for number one Purdue in kind of the mindset shift from, you know, offensive wunderkind Jeff Brom to... Air it out, air it out, air it out. Right, to Ryan Walters, who did the exact opposite of that with Brett Bielema, and who ran a really good defense. Credit Purdue's defense. It was better than I thought it was going to be this year. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think they're going to be in a bad spot. I wouldn't pick them to win the division next year, but in Illinois... Man, that defense was so, so good. Depending on who they get to replace him, mm-hmm. I don't buy Illinois at second in the division next year either, but I love the move to get Walters for Purdue, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see where Illinois goes on the defensive side of the ball. Now. Purdue's going to be really weird to see them, you know, maybe not airing the ball out as much and playing, hopefully, some solid defense. Because I, I want these teams to be good. I want them to be uh, bad enough to lose to Nebraska, but I want them to be good. Um, so it's going to be weird seeing Purdue doing that. And then Illinois, depending on who they get to replace him, I I still think they're going to be one of the better teams in the West just because Brett Bielma is, mm-hmm. is a fantastic coach. They are going to have to replace their quarterback, I believe, um, because the transfer from Syracuse that I DeVito. cannot remember. DeVito. Uh, is listed on the roster as a graduate. Is he? Yep. Yeah. He's another one so, of those guys. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I still think Illinois is, is going to be one of the better teams in the West. Uh, Purdue probably take a step back, but I, I think Walters will have a have a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good season. Oh, I get, thank you, Byron. Purdue hired an air raid offensive coordinator, so maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to play great defense and keep airing it out. Although that seems like a very hard thing to do. It really does. We've seen how that's gone in Lincoln. The answer is not so well. Illinois has a heck of a quarterback name, though. Not Art Sitkowski. He's still around too. Uh, if it's not Tommy DeVito, it'd be Art Sitkowski. Sitkowski still. That's another guy. How retro- is he still around? I don't know. They have one of the most Texas names ever. And I bet this guy comes from the southeast part of Texas, kind of Houston-ish area. I'm interested. Kirkland Michaud. Whoa. French last name, first name Kirkland. Kirkland Michaud. Yeah, that's a Texas 7-on-7 quarterback he's, if I've ever heard He's of from the southeast portion of Texas, almost Louisiana. He's listed as being from Austin, Texas, but I do not believe that. I don't believe you. His team, no. his his family moved him there yes. so that he could play better high school teams. That they did. So Purdue and Illinois, those are their changes. The next team in order of the standings is Iowa. We know what the changes were. You get Cade McNamara in at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You get Eric All at tight end to, to pair with Luke Lachey. I think that could be good <sighs> for the Hawkeyes. I hate it. Unfortunately, good. Unfortunately, good across there. Another yeah. big change on the defensive end. Is Jack Campbell gone? Mm-hmm. Dude's a stud. Dude's getting drafted no later than day two. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a long NFL career, you know, barring injury, obviously. The biggest change for Iowa, though, is one that didn't happen. Kirk Ferentz still around. Brian Ferentz still around. 
It's cool that you get McNamara. It's cool that you bring Eric Allen. It's cool that you had a running back develop late in the year and kind of take over. Mm-hmm. But Brian Ferentz is still in charge. How? How? Nepotism. It's his son. He doesn't want to move on from him unless he unless he has a better job waiting for him. He doesn't just want to hang him out high and dry and fire him. So um, we'll see what goes on there. But, I mean, he has a better quarterback. He has another talented tight end. He's got a better running back. As you just said, he developed during, as the season went along. They're going to have a good offensive line. They're going to have a solid defense. They're going to take. They're going to get their turnovers on the defensive side of things. Mm-hmm. It all depends on if Brian Ferentz can get that offense turned around with Cade McNamara because – Look, if you look at Cade and you look at what Iowa had before, he is head and shoulders above what they had. So you would think their offense would take a step forward, but that, again, depends on the play calling from Brian Ferentz. Um, it seems, though, you know, Iowa always has that year where they, they're extremely good and maybe they're undefeated in the regular season and then they go on and, and lose in the bowl game. Maybe it's that time again for them. Maybe it's that that really good Iowa season again. I I don't know, but as long as Kirk Ferentz has been there, they're they're really good one year and then solid every other year. So we'll we'll see exactly what happens. But I'm I'm not going to pick Iowa to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten West. For now, I'll throw them back into the top three where they usually finish. Here's Iowa's schedule next year. Mediocre non-con, Utah State at Iowa State and then Western Michigan. Those are three wins. Most likely. You open conference play up in Happy Valley. That's but tough. It's, but it's Happy Valley without Sean Clifford, which is a good thing. That's an improvement for Penn State with Drew Oliver. <laughs> then after that, you get Michigan State at home, and then you get Purdue at home. Uh, middle of Wisconsin, you go to Camp Randall. Uh, then you get Minnesota at home. Your bye week is the last week in October. Mm-hmm. So you get Minnesota and Wisconsin right before the bye week. You rest up. You get Northwestern in Evanston. And then you have uh, Rutgers at Kinnick, Illinois at Kinnick before finishing at Nebraska. Dude, Iowa, might, on- Iowa might only lose one game. That Happy Valley game. If you look at the Big Ten Will West... Will Wisconsin you, be in four? I don't know. That's the thing, is is if you look at the Big Ten West right now, you look at Iowa, who's consistent every single year when it comes to their coaching staff. They have the same people. They have the same head coach. Mm-hmm. So it's the same philosophy year in and year out. Then you look at all of the changes in the Big Ten West. You look at Nebraska's changing their coaching staff. Purdue's changing their coaching staff. Wisconsin's changing their coaching staff and their entire identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... You could look at that for Iowa, although Nebraska did beat Iowa last year. Again, it's a different coaching staff. It's a different identity for Nebraska. If Iowa does beat them, like that's that's three wins for Nebraska just just going off of the fact that they're new coaching staffs. And I understand, mm-hmm. you know, you, just because it's a new coaching staff doesn't mean they're going to lose. Look at Sonny Dykes. Whatever. I don't care. You say that Kirk Ferentz beats those three new coaching staffs. The rest of the Big Ten West, Iowa's pretty solid against. Illinois probably be their toughest test in the division. And then their crossover games seem pretty simple outside of going to Happy Valley. Their non-con games, very easy. Utah State was the worst team in college football last year. Very bad. Iowa State wasn't that great last year. Uh, Nebraska or Iowa found a way to beat. I think they beat them, right? No, Iowa State no, won Iowa last State year. No, Iowa State won last mm-hmm. year. But again, hopefully, well, hopefully for them, an improved offense for Iowa um, and a, still a, a solid defense for them. You could just say, I'm just going to say they're going to go undefeated in non-con. I mean, 
you look at that schedule, I see one loss. Maybe two, depending on when the Illinois game is played. Is it at night? Because weird things happen in Kinnick at night. See, when I think weird things happen in Kinnick at night, I think more Ohio State comes to town. Well, if Illinois, top five. if Illinois kind of has a repeat of what they did last year, you know, that's that's a ranked team coming into Kinnick. Yeah, but I, my guess would be I would be ranked at that point, too. Yeah. Be my guess. But it's still, I, it almost feels as if they don't lose at night in Kinnick. It, very rarely. Very rarely. We'll get to Wisconsin in a second. They're the one that fascinates me most in the division. But Minnesota, I think, is in a very similar boat to Purdue, where Kirk Scirocco has now gone to mm-hmm. Rutgers. That's weird. That one kind of blows my mind. I, I know there are connections behind the scenes and where he, where he came from, where he started, but that's still really weird to go from Minnesota to Rutgers. He's getting paid more. I don't know if he is. It's the birthplace of college but, football. I guess. Who but, wouldn't want to go there? Ah, me. come on. <laughs> Voice Oscar's Greg Sharp never takes a trip to Rutgers if he can avoid it. You're lying to yourself. (laughs) I I don't care if New York City is just a 30-minute bus ride away. It's right there, man. I don't care. I'm not going to Rutgers. You can't make me. Just like like Northwestern or Chicago's Big Ten team, Rutgers is New York's Big Ten team. Neither of those is— Hey, they get Big Ten Network out there. (laughs) Neither of those is true, but that's what they like to say. Yeah, something like that. So, no Kirk Scirocco. All right. No Tanner Morgan. Mm -hmm. Kelly McManus looked good against Nebraska— Less good <laughs> the more the season went on. Again, another game that Nebraska could have won. I guess they should have won. Should have won. But could have won. It should have won. Ty Robinson, how dare you hit Tanner Morgan so hard? <laughs> I guess. Uh, no Mo Ibrahim. No, no Mo Ibrahim either. That's a team in transition on the offensive side. As long as the defensive staff stays in place. I mean, Minnesota's a top five scoring defense. Mm-hmm. Or like the entirety of the season. Which I didn't expect. There were a whole lot of guys whose names I had never heard of on that defense. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the coaching staff has something going. If not Phil Parker-level wizardry, very close to it. So I think Minnesota will be kind of in that same, you know, 8-4, and 7-5, range. And that brings us to Wisconsin, the team they play for the Axe every year. I don't know what is going to happen. This is the, Wisconsin is the biggest what the heck is going on because they, they went away from the tree of Barry Alvarez for the mm-hmm. first time in Lord knows how long, which then led to that head coach hiring a and I believe that Fickle's a defensive minded head coach. Yep. Hires an air raid offense. And not just any air raid OC, Phil Longo. Like quarterback Drake may have led the nation in passing yards. Like the air raid OC right now. Mm-hmm. And that is not Wisconsin football. So it seems as if they're going away from the you know, play amazing defense and run the ball and just hold on to it for as long as possible and score 14 points and win the game. Mm-hmm. And they're going to try and outscore everybody, which if people remember, that uh, that was kind of the approach that Nebraska took when they switched things up. You know, you went with a Mike Riley who's, you know, more of an offensive-minded kind of guy, mm-hmm. and things have gone downhill since then. I'm not saying things are going to go downhill for Wisconsin, but it's an interesting case study to see what – changing your entire traditional play calling and, and, and tradition um, can do to a university. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. And they're also apparently QBU getting like four transfer quarterbacks this offseason. It's crazy to me to think that, number one, Wisconsin is going air raid. And number two, that Wisconsin is going air raid when Braylon Allen is still on campus. And he's not leaving. No, he's sticking around. Braylon Allen 
has caught 21 passes in two years, which was, is basically more than Jonathan Taylor ever caught. I was going to ask, how how often do they throw the ball to him out of the backfield? Yeah, 21 times over two years. Uh, his freshman year, 8 for 39. And then last year, uh, or yeah, 13 for 104. So they don't throw it to running backs a whole lot in the old Wisconsin way. Mm-hmm. When I look at what they're doing, I see what Nebraska tried to do. You know, spread it out, offense, chuck it around, get a lot of points on the board with a tough defense. We know mm-hmm. Cincinnati has played really good defense under Luke Fickle. Put mm-hmm. dudes in the league. He did. Mike Trussell is the D.C. now at Wisconsin, too, by the way. My head tells me they're doing what Nebraska did. We saw how this goes. They're you know trying to trick themselves into thinking it'll work. Mm-hmm. My gut and my heart tell me, though, that of course it's going to work. It's Wisconsin. Of course it didn't work. It's Nebraska. <laughs> it would be so Wisconsin. For it to, to work? For it to work. I know how drastic a change it is. Mm-hmm. I know that it didn't work here at Nebraska. But because it's anywhere but Nebraska, I'm talking myself into this working for them. I still don't see it. I, just, I don't want to see it. I'm talking myself into it. Though. I just don't see it. And, and it's not, you know, I'm not a Big Ten purist. Like, if you're in the Big Ten, you have to run the ball and you have to play tough defense. But the more and more that Nebraska, the longer that Nebraska has been in this league, it seems as if if you don't have a good running game, if you don't have a really good defense, you know, not great, mm-hmm. but solid defense, you're not going to win many games in this league. And mm-hmm. Luke Fickle can coach defense. He can coach defense that with the best know. of them. We've seen that. But offensively, Wisconsin has just done the same thing for so long. Their offensive line is just bit. They, their offensive line is is on average bigger than the Green Bay Packers offensive line year in and year out. And now you're going to ask those guys to protect the quarterback for most of the game and not run forward, find a body, and throw them into the ground. It's going to be a change, but as you said, it's Wisconsin. Maybe it'll work, but in my heart of hearts, I just don't see, without the talent level of an Ohio State, a team able to chuck the ball around the yard in this northern weather, in this Big Ten style, and win win the conference. That's the way that the Big Ten West has been, but the way college football has been is that you've got to be able to throw to win. Mm-hmm. You know, you throw to score, you run to win, I guess is the, the maxim in college sports. So I think it's a, a good big picture move for Wisconsin. We'll see how they can execute. That's but, what it seemed like they were doing when they when they fired. Um, now I can't think of his name. Christ? Yeah, when they fired uh, Potty Mouth Paul Christ. <laughs> um, it seemed as if they were building towards the future, building towards the addition of mm-hmm. UCLA and UCLA and USC mm-hmm. and the expansion of the playoff and having to go up against those, you know, southern teams, those those out west teams who are mm-hmm. going to throw the ball around, who are who are going to have, you know, defenses that are that are more suited towards playing against those type of teams. So it's going to be really interesting going forward. You still have another year, I believe, without those California schools mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be fun to see Wisconsin chucking it around. It might be kind of like the Georgia Tech couple of years where they went from triple option to a more, you know, um, nowadays offense. Right. And they struggled because they didn't have the receivers to throw the ball to. And also because Jeff Collins. Yeah. Turned out not to be a great hire. Final Although team- Calvin Johnson went to Georgia Tech, which is still weird. I know. Bizarre to think about. Final team of the Big Ten West uh, before we take a break. Northwestern. One big change for them is that defensive coordinator. They hired North Dakota State's D.C. Last time we saw him, he was getting torched by Mark Gronowski <laughs> and the Jacks, the Yankee Twins, and Co. 
45 to 21, South Dakota State beats North Dakota State. Does defensive coordinator matter that much at Northwestern given Fitz's background? That's my question. I would think so. Uh, he's because I don't think he's calling the defensive plays. Yes, he's a defensive-minded guy. Mm-hmm. He was a linebacker. He's he's got you know defense on his brain all the time. But I think he hires a defensive coordinator that he believes matches up in alignment with with his thought process and his his play calls that he thinks he would call at the same time. So I don't think he's going to be you know that hands-on unless he perceives that it's not really going to work. So. Although he's more of a defensive-minded guy, I think the hire of a defense coordinator is very important to him because he's hands-off and he's going to let that person do what that person has to do. He trusts that person so much, and I think that might be one of these hires. Does Northwestern get to three wins next year? They had one last year. We all know which one that was. Mm-hmm. We're not <laughs> talk about that. Um, I have to check their. I have to check their schedule because I want to see their non-con even though they played Duke and lost, and they lost to a group of five team. 2023 Northwestern football schedule. Open up at Rutgers, host UTEP. That, okay, so the Rutgers-Northwestern game, not good in terms of play call, but good in terms of maybe the score could be closer? Sure. Host UTEP, go to Duke. Okay. Uh, Minnesota at home, Penn State at home, <laughs> Howard at home. Okay. At Nebraska, host Maryland and Iowa. At Wisconsin, host Purdue at Illinois. Oh, goodness gracious. Three um, and a half over under. That's a good line because I think they win two. Howard and UTEP. I wouldn't be shocked. They could. They'll play someone closer Rutgers? than they, they, they'll play someone closer than Nebraska. they should in the Big Ten. Probably, it's Nebraska. Yes. It's always Nebraska. Yeah. And that big rivalry game with Illinois. Don't forget that one. They're, they're going to get blown out by Illinois. That's the hope. I'm not, not a Cats fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put it at two. That's, that's my guess. Okay. So the line at three and a half works. Sure. It's going to be tight. Northwestern is going to be better. How much better? Probably not Goodness much. gracious. When we come back, five NFL head coach openings. Rico, where are you going? Which is the most desirable? Ooh. Who fills it first? We'll get into that and more on the block. 